Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello, Jim. Hello. How are you today? Good. Doing good. Doing good. Some crazy stuff going on in the world. Oh, oh yeah. Don't even want to turn the news on. Mm-mm. So my plans for episode 36 have been trashed now because I was going to drive around and do interviews in person to ride managers. You can't get within six feet of people. <laughs> I don't know if this mic will pick up from that far away. So I got a couple interviews in before all this happened. But when I was interviewing people, I also, thankfully... I also just interviewed them as a person or a friend. Episode, I'm going to share an interview with two of our friends that you know, Shirley May. Yep. And Tracy Porter, mother and daughter. Good people. Awesome people. Even though they uh, put on the first taste of endurance ride and got me hooked. I still remember that one. Isn't it good? Even though I didn't write it. It was so long ago. Yep. But it was, it was really friendly, and I think, don't you think it was the friendliness of it that kind of brought us in? And that's where I learned how to crew. Yeah, that was your first time crewing. Um, you'll hear more about that in an upcoming episode. So we had a great time at the farm, and we've continued to stay in touch with Tracy and Shirley. And they helped me out when I was going through college. I went over there and did some photography. So as part of one of my photography projects when I was working on my photography degree, I needed to do a book, and so I had done a book on Shirley May and followed her around because she's a very inspirational lady. That was a very nice book, too. Yeah, thank you. I liked how it turned out, and um, they had experienced a house fire, and apparently that was one of the things that survived because I offered to buy them a new one, and they said no, they were, they still had it. Yeah, I remember you saying you were going to give them your copy or something of it. I did order them another copy. So this episode is more of a friendly interview it's a little bit less about endurance but endurance definitely does come up and it it is a little different format than what we're used to on endurance horse podcast and i'm just trying to mix it up this year a little bit so i hope people enjoy i'm sure it'll be a good listen so i'm going to share a little bit about i'm going to share just a little bit about shirley may she started endurance riding at 67 and she now has over 3,600 miles And she did her first 50 when she was just about to turn 77. She is an awesome lady. She really is. And she runs a 120-acre farm with 45 head of horses. Beautiful farm. Very beautiful farm. And you'll hear on here about how they ended up buying that farm was because they were both into skiing. And the ski hill that they used to go to closed. And so this used to be a ski hill. So they bought that farm for to go skiing Hmm. and then Tracy has been very successful as a horse trainer Um, she'll share a little bit how about how she became a John Lyons certified trainer and also she has done the Mustang makeover I know um, when she and TJ were up at the Midwest Horse Fair we both went up there and photographed them and that was part of my project was following them around for the Mustang makeover, and it's pretty awesome what they were able to get those horses to do in such a short time. Oh, yeah. So she she has came up with, like, a whole skit with her horse, and she's done a lot. 
And the reason I'm sharing that is she's also done some endurance riding, but she just did it to be with her mom, which is very sweet. You'll hear her talk about that in here. That's really why she did it. And I think that that's what we enjoy about. It's not the only thing we enjoy about going camping and distance riding, but it is hanging out with each other and getting to hang out with the horses. Yep. Good times for all. Yeah, endurance riding as a family is uh, is pretty awesome. You know, even the kids get enjoyment out of it. And going up there and putting up tents and taking care of mom. And <laughs> you see all the people there. And I miss seeing Shirley there, you know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully maybe she can make it back just for a visit, if nothing else, even if she doesn't ride. But I did tell her that a lot of people ask about her. And I told her that you and the kids miss seeing her. And she was surprised to hear that. But I think... Tracy, if you get your mom to listen to this, um, she should know that everybody's happy to see her. Yep, stop by and say hi. Helmira is not that far away. True story. March 14th was the second year of, you know, the second full year of the podcast being out. So it's been out for full, two full years as of March 14th. It was like our anniversary or our birthday. And right around then, the podcast downloads clicked over to over 20,000. So thanks, everybody. That was a nice gift. That is awesome. should have a trumpet to blow. Woo! <laughs> woo I just wanted to say there's not a lot we can do for each other during this worldwide crisis. You know, stay positive. The reoccurring theme seems to keep coming up lately that horses are good therapy. Obviously, they're not going to cure a virus, but they might keep you happy and keep your immune system up. So, you know what? Get out there. Keep conditioning. Well, I have heard that the uh, state parks are uh, are open. The trails are open, and and it's pretty much going to be a given. If you're riding with somebody, you're going to be at least six feet away from them going down the trail. So I think so. At least the Wisconsin parks are open. Illinois closed. I think Minnesota closed. But if you live in Wisconsin, get out there and ride. Yep. From Jim. And Chris. At Endurance Horse Podcast. Stay safe and uh, enjoy the miles. So without further ado. We bring you episode 36. Of Endurance Horse Podcast. So I'm sitting down with Tracy Porter at the farm in Milton, Wisconsin. Hi, Tracy. Hi there. How did you get into horses? Oh my goodness, how we got into horses, or me. Um, I was a little kid, and the YWCA? YWCA had riding lessons. And so my mom signed me up. And I remember I was real small. I would say first grade, something like that. And um, it was before fancy indoor arenas and bubble wrap kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember we uh, went to this place west of Janesville. And it turned out the two ladies that um, were teaching were also librarians in the Milton School District. But anyway, so um, had a long, long relationship knowing them years after. But that was how. And... My mom and I both took lessons, and um, we did one year, I remember in the winter, we got, went to a neighbor's house to ride in their indoor arena, but we had to lead the horses in the dark along a couple cornfields around, don't ask, ask me why, 
um, we bothered to even do that because we could have probably just ridden in the outdoor <laughs> arena. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember um, leading the horses and being very small. And they were saddlebreds. Oh. And I, well, they were all saddlebreds, weren't they, Mom? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I should have said, and Shirley May is here. Yes. So, Shirley, is that was that your introduction to horses, too? No. I first met horses when I was in high school. And uh, I think she was a year older. But anyway, she lived on a farm, and they had draft horses. So... We rode these big, fat <laughs> draft horses, and I've always liked horses, and so it didn't matter to me that they were big, fat, and cumbersome. Mm -hmm. They were horses, and they smelled like horses. And her, um, was it your grandfather had horses on the farm? Oh, yes. My relatives were farmers, and they were still working with horses up until probably the 1940s. I'm, I'm not sure exactly when. But my favorite was when they would put the hay up in the barn, they would uh, hitch the horses up to the, whatever, the pulley that pulled the hay, uh, hay up into the hay mow and then, of course, released it. So, and my grandpa let me drive the horses Ooh. back to the point of beginning. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you remember, were they Belgians or were they? They were just draft horses. Okay. They weren't any special breed. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, I, I'd never heard of like Belgians and, mm -hmm. and uh, all of the other Clydesdales and whatever. So these were just uh, big horses mm -hmm. with prince, or names like Prince and Molly and Jackie. And so so uh, then having your daughter interested in horses, you decided to return to back to them with lessons and join her yeah yeah well that's yeah. how it started and then at turtle lake that was uh long long term you know that was my dad's side of the family um grew up there mm -hmm. and there were some horses on the opposite side of the lake now the big deal was getting old enough to drive the three horse motor on the rowboat over there But the people who had the horses, um, and of course this is in a different day and age, you know. Um, but anyway, they allowed my friend Susie and I to go over and ride them. <laughs> totally, you know, un unsupervised. No, I first went <laughs> oh. over and babysat. Oh, okay. okay, well, not for very long. <laughs> but then um, my dear friend to this day, Becky Swinehart, um, at some point, they moved in on an adjoining farm. Now, mm -hmm. Becky still is into horses. Um, they had a couple up there. They had a little black and white Pinto pony, which is mm -hmm. probably when I fell in love with Pintos. Mm -hmm. But they also had an Appaloosa. Because now you have another black and white. Yes, I do. <laughs> but I, I, was in, I really was in love with um, Appaloosas. You know, mm -hmm. I, and anyway, every horse I drew had spots on it. Her first, her first horse was an Appaloosa without spots. He didn't look <laughs> at all like an yeah. Appaloosa, but he the was. person that sold him to her said, yes, yes, he's an Appaloosa. Yeah, well, he had striped hooves, mm -hmm. and he had little mottled skin, and uh -huh. he, he changed colors throughout the oh, whole yeah. summer. Never had any, any spots that I remember. But um, he loved to swim, which mm -hmm. is really good because we all know that Tracy loves nice. to swim yeah. horses and ski. Mm -hmm. And um, I kept him out at the same lake on a different corner. 
But anyway, he would um, crawl underneath his little hot wire. He'd go down on his knees. <laughs> He'd go down and start swimming down the shoreline all by himself. And anyway, remember this one day. So was this the paint pony or was this your Appaloosa? No, this was my, yeah, Appaloosa, Appaloosa. in quotes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, his name was Topper. And of course, my parents bought him for me as a two-year-old, mm. you know. And I'll tell you, maybe, maybe we were just um, a kinder, gentler type of people, you know, in general. But, um, you know, that man... Um, had you know he had gotten him at an auction of all places. <laughs> Ralph Heinley. Ralph Heinley, a wonderful man, and you know he didn't try to sell my parents, you know, a problem for their kid, mm -hmm. and um, had nothing but really great things happen mm -hmm. with that horse. I always, you know, was safe. But anyway, so yep, I I, I did grow up. <laughs> so so was Topper before or after the lesson? People. After. after yeah topper okay. was after yeah i had lessons and then um mom and dad bought me a horse and i was just excited how did you get into training and boarding because now you have how many acres here you have a huge boarding facility yeah, 120 acres 120 acres and how many horses uh, about 45 so you ladies have a lot of work to do mm. every day Yep. Fortunately, yep. they're not all stalled horses, but our stalled horses do have a separate pasture they grow into every day. Yep. How did you grow from Topper to training with John Lyons and having a training facility and a boarding oh. facility? And oh, that's because the area lost our ski hill in Janesville. And so we were looking for a replacement ski hill. And we found the farm, which had a ski hill. That's so where I've done yeah. all the photos up mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. yep. So you didn't buy this for the horse place? No. No, but, you know, you there's always ulterior motives. But, but yeah, for skiing, because yeah. you do water skiing. And, yep. and I've skiing. seen some this pictures of you doing snow skiing, Shirley. Right. Yep. So oh, with, mom with water skiing, With the number. Too. Oh, did she? Yeah. Yeah, my mom was my idol. Um she, uh, yeah, this one summer, I was probably, I think, five years old, four years. No, I was five, I think five years old. three years old. Okay, I was young. <laughs> well, I was standing on my parents' skis and all summer. And for Christmas, my grandma Porter, my dad's mom, gave me a pair of water skis, which all the kids on the lake then that were our age learned how to ski on. And unfortunately, when we had the house fire, mm. they burned up in the house fire. But um, they, they, I would watch my mom and my dad ski, and my mom would ski, and she'd ride on one ski with her foot, holding the handle with her her foot. Now, this is before toe holds, so she literally had, you know, was holding it with her toes on a wooden bar. Wow, wooden surely. handle, yeah. And so um, I spent a whole summer with my parents holding, and this is before ski booms and trainer skis and all this, we learned, we are hardcore learning. <laughs> and so they would hold that orange life jacket, um, somebody be on the pier holding it and, you know, I'd <laughs> be floating. <laughs> I finally got up. No, in the water holding <laughs> Or in the up. water, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. But I finally, finally got up on skis, and that next summer... I just went to town. I was dropped a ski. I was skiing with my mom, holding the rope just like her, the handle. Mm -hmm. And I never stopped after that. So At about three or four, 
Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So it was it was really funny, but we also downhill skied, and that we I did. I remember doing that when I was really little, probably mm -hmm. the year before, and I would ride between my parents' legs up the hill, like on a rope toe or on a T-bar. I'd hold it like a water ski handle, but, you know. Um, so it, it, when they bought the, the farm, it just only made sense to, you know, have horses. And we slowly, we just had um, a friend's horse when we mm -hmm. started, and then we had a couple. But also, so how did you get into the John Lyons training? Uh, I always had a quest for wanting to learn more, mm -hmm. learn, you know, just have more knowledge. And when I was living in North Carolina, um, I saw John at a symposium and I just really liked what I saw. What I want to do is I want to teach him that when I put pressure on that lead rope, that he gives to that pressure. What he's not doing is, as we put pressure on this lead rope, you know, what he's not doing is he's not giving to that pressure. So that's the cue that I need to, to set up and to reteach him. He wasn't going to do yeah. anymore. And then as it turned out, um, he had enough annoying people like me, <laughs> you know, come up. Persistent. And, yeah, this is like five years later, mm -hmm. you know. So I've been practicing his methods and stuff like that. And so, yeah, persistent, annoying people like me. And so he handpicked a group. And that was his last group, his last certification program that mm. he did. And um, so anyway, then I took it to a new level. I was really never intended on um, training horses or hmm. it's really Just for yourself. Yeah. And it's really this it really training horses is not about training horses. It's really teaching people because mm -hmm. people, whether they want to or not, if they touch a horse or a dog or cat, they are trainers. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for people to understand that nothing will stay. It's like it's like knitting. You know, you go and knit something and there's these little urchins that come in at night and unravel a couple mm -hmm. rows and you're constantly remaking it. And that's what training kind of is, is like, in my opinion. You know, um, if somebody doesn't know what you're doing, they're unraveling. And so. I think that's something I haven't heard somebody bring up maybe ever or in a long time, but it's true. And we have all different levels of people that listen to the podcast. And I know you guys probably run into this a lot where people have a horse maybe that they came here with that they had bought and they thought it was trained or it had a certain personality. And then they don't understand that they may have untrained the horse. Yes. You mm -hmm. know, like we had... Um, We've had that experience where we had sold mm -hmm. a horse that was, um, yeah, don't want to give it too much or I'll say whose horse it was, but within about two years, he wasn't hauling anymore and very well, and it got put back to, oh, you're the one that sold that person that horse. Well, when I sold the horse, <laughs> he loaded fine. He hauled fine. Um, but yes, whenever, you, you can buy a horse that hauls fine. Let's just use that for an example because we mm. all have to get A to B. Yeah. But you can untrain it. You oh, can sure. untrain it by how how hard you stop when you're driving the trailer, mm -hmm. how hard you take a turn. You know, yeah. all those things, right? Oh, untrain a horse. Yeah, certainly. You know, undoing things or doing things. It's it's I think when people walk up to a horse and it's 
like their view of the horse. What's the horse thinking? Where are their eyes? Mm -hmm. What's their body language? Mm -hmm. Most people miss out on a lot of that stuff and it starts to deteriorate from there. And sometimes that energy that people have because they're kind of nervous, the horse picks up on it. So you can have any number of variables that really weren't even intended to have an effect have an effect and we're not even talking about understanding how to, to how to get the horse to maneuver the body the way you want it we're just talking about just blankly walking up so, uh, so i'm smiling yes. because i did tell you about my interview with richard longfeather from the from yeah. standing rock reservation and he talked about this Oh, did he really? He oh. talked about his back was bothering him. Like, I know you, you both trim your own horses, too, and Richard trims his own horses, but his back was bothering him, so he thought he would, you know, better to bring somebody out to do it for him this time. And he said he couldn't even lift the foot. Oh. And he talked about the guy's energy was so mm-hmm. hurried or, you know, just not there with the horse in the moment that the horse wouldn't respond. And normally he could just not even have a head you know, a halter on him or anything mm-hmm. and do it with no problems. Yeah, isn't it amazing so how they he, pick that up? That was the piece of advice mm-hmm. he said was, if you're having a problem, just walk away, get deep yep. breaths, get your good energy, and come back. Because I think we're half the equation. We yep. have to be responsible mm-hmm. for the energy we're bringing you're so to the right. horse, right? Yeah, and, and, and a way to like think about that in terms is nothing good comes from something bad. Mm. And it can mm-hmm. be, like you just said, your energy. It, it can be your attitude, you know, just uh, preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes some people walk up expecting, you know, everything to go wrong in a fight and everything instead of walking up with, a, like, a game plan. Okay, you know, where do I start? Do I start, I don't know this horse, do I start at the beginning or do I start and put the whole horse in the tree? And so we have to look back at that. So my first piece, of, my biggest piece of advice is, uh, look at how how the horse is looking at your relationship together. And sometimes we do start off with an animal that is hard to catch. And so I guess the next thing would be, if, if you, you start with that, it's what is it, are you building a response of the horse to want to come to you mm-hmm. or are you trapping and catching and bribing whatever mm-hmm. to get that horse to come there? And if that's the case, sometimes... You know, um, I'll use a coffee can of grain or something to stop the horse from walking away and back up and encourage them to come because you're trying oh, yeah. to stop a bad behavior and here, get a good one. If your horse isn't wanting to come, you've got so many acres here, you're going to be hiking. Yeah. So yeah. you have to have your horses happy to see you. Yeah, our pastures are about 25 acres. And mm-hmm. that's, I've, I've seen some people like try to run their horse and it, <laughs> first, it doesn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> So you have to kind of be smarter, mm-hmm. <laughs> smart. You have to be thinking smart, you know. And sometimes it's something as little as, okay, if your horse hangs out with another horse and it wants to come in with it, maybe you should just catch that horse, mm-hmm. you know, and lead it to an area. So. And I and I think especially with um, getting ready for distance riding, if people get over eager, if there's good weather, if you made your horse sore by working it too many days in a row, or Maybe you're not going out to hang out with it at all. Yeah. You know, like if the only time it sees you is to go to work, yeah. you start looking like Monday morning to that horse and it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but I think you're right on, you know, on the endurance riding, the great thing on the endurance riding, if you look at it as, 
you know, I get to go camping and hang out mm-hmm. with my friend. And hopefully the horse is thinking, hey, I get to hang out with my person, mm-hmm. you know. And if you can have every day of training that's kind of like that for the animal, I think then they are getting enjoyment out of it. And you're probably not going to have the problems catching or leaving camp, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, or, <laughs> you know, um, having somebody walk up to your, you know, walk up to the horse to, to vet them out or something like that. If there's mm-hmm. apprehension there, but you have trouble, you know, at home with your horse tying your horse, you're going to have a multitude of problems when you get into mm-hmm. a harder scenario, so to speak. So, so we touched on endurance riding. I know it's been a while for you, but what, when you were doing it, what was it about it that you liked? Um, well, you know, this was it, the, was it the camping or the... What I liked most about it was it was something that I could do with my mom and she really liked doing. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the best part of it. Mm-hmm. I am not a let's get up and feed the horse at 3.30 in the morning, you know, person. <laughs> I had learned, like, doing a lot of expos. Mm-hmm. I had learned how to feed my horse the night before, mm-hmm. so my horse was already could eat at an early time, mm-hmm. you know, just be a lot of hay, whatever. And um, so it definitely wasn't getting up at, at you know, <laughs> zero at previous dawn by three hours Mm -hmm. I know it's not that bad but I'll make it sound bad (laughs) in the pouring rain (laughs) it wasn't that it was really um like I said spending the time with my mom and also it's a close-knit group of people that you Mm -hmm. see on a regular basis now have to say this a couple of times we had gone back Mm -hmm. um just because mom has had some you know, knee surgeries, needs her hip done, that sort of thing. She can tell you about that. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've kind of gone back and there are different people and haven't f- found that big, huge, friendly group with every, you know, like the new people. But the old people, you know, that are there, mm-hmm. you know, very nice to see them again. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what I, I if I was going to say something to people that are already doing it, um, it's kind of like anything I think you really want to welcome mm-hmm. the people that are new to it yeah. and make them feel that you want them there. And that, that's what the yeah. podcast is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Because we just have to I, remind people I, that. Okay, we'll do it. That's what we're going to try to do with War Horses, just have some people specially designated to for the new people to be really friendly. Oh, see, that's good. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, technically, Mom and I weren't new, mm-hmm. but... Other people didn't know us, would view us as new. Talking about your mom, that you really loved riding with your mom. Yeah, I loved riding with mom. Um, yeah, and I still do. You know, um, I said that mom was going to have her hip surgery done. But anyway. So do, do you have a plan? Because believe it or not, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people ask, you know. Where's Shirley? Where's Shirley? Mm-hmm. And is she coming back? And, you know, my husband and my kids ask that a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, she is coming back. Last year, I had her on her horse, probably not as much as I would have liked, but every time she was on riding, I kept thinking, oh, please, God, make this get better, make this get better, Mm -hmm. but she was in so much pain. So she finally went in and found out she needs a new hip. Mm -hmm. So I'm Mm -hmm. being very positive that she gets that hip done in April. and um, Three months, she said. Yep. So unfortunately, that's going to put her in the summer, but... Mm -hmm. That we get her riding again and you know do some like even just novice rides the short rides 
and uh, get her going back that way. Kind of like just starting over, being a, a newbie, you know. Well, I will tell you, I don't know if that's too soon, but Draw-Rama was renamed kind of because the ride manager for that ride, which they had changed the name from Draw-Rama to something else, and then they were, um, a new ride manager took over, and she kept um, contacting me about my ride because she was, it's very different. There's going to be a little bit of fundraising, and it's for a cause. Um, obviously, Draw gets the entry fees and all that, but we're trying to make it a, a really interesting ride. And she's, I said, why don't you just change the name of your ride? I have a couple other names in mind for other rides. I said, what about Spirit Horse? So she's calling what was Draw Rama Spirit Horse, and I have a Native American theme, and the money raised, that they're going to try to raise some money, and they're going to send it to the Rosebud Indian Reservation in oh, the Dakotas nice. because they're using horses for therapy there. Oh, that's and wonderful. So they're doing that ride, and it has a 15-mile novice. So that might be something mm. to aim that for. That might be, yeah. Good way to get and restarted. You know, and yeah. spirit horse, because mm -hmm. you know how good they are for your spirit. Yeah. Yep. So maybe maybe that that we should put that on the calendar. You'll have to give us that date, mm -hmm. and that'll be our first goal. It's the first weekend, yeah. the first weekend in October. Yeah. Or I, after that is Iron Oak, but it snowed at Iron Oak this yeah, year, I so I don't know if you want to go. Um, yeah, yeah. To that one, they call it. Yeah. I think they call it Frozen Oak this year. Or something. Well, it's interesting too because I have a a three horse trailer with living quarters, but I don't have a truck anymore. Yeah, Aww. so she has to go with me. There you go. <laughs> you know how nice that would be to see you two out there? Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, yeah. She likes having her own personal driver anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, that lipasan of yours, I was watching him out your mom's window, and I said, I could just watch this all day. Um, so he I got would fly down that trail. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, I was photographing in Walworth. I digress off a of rabbit trail again, Chris, but... I was photographing in Walworth at, a, at um, the Baroque Horse Show. Oh, oh, yeah. And this one young lady was riding uh, Lipizzan the whole time. And that horse had so much endurance. It never was tired the whole day. Yeah. And that girl loved a canner. That's all I can oh. tell you. But And I remember thinking that would be an yeah. amazing... Well, Monty the Lipizzan does need a purpose in life. He does. So maybe, maybe that... mom goal, yeah. daughter goal. yeah. This is literally. If the, I have to drag her. This is literally the fifth episode of this podcast that's supposed to be about endurance riding, where it comes back to horses as therapy, because mm. even the last episode was talking to the person with Indian relay racing. It still came back to how his people believe that horses are medicine and therapy. Yeah. And here we are, interviewing you, and we're back to. With yeah. Shirley and with all of us, that horses are therapy. So, yeah. do you think, Shirley? Hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, from what everybody said on the hip surgery, once you have it done, it's easier than the knee. Although she's got the femur rod. I'm sure she told you about that. She's got that issue. But um, I remember that was a, a sheep issue. Yeah. yeah. We won't go there. But, yeah. yeah. Well, the first time it was a pug issue. <laughs> Not a dog pug. No. no, it was embarrassing to say I tipped off of a five-gallon bucket bottle well, feeding a lamb. If, if That's you, why I said I was on this fifteen-foot ladder <laughs> changing a light bulb in the barn. Going back to the therapy thing, I already have in my mind. Kaz is going to be your therapy <gasps> horse to Kaz. start because he's narrower than Pieta. 
And so that's going to be your therapy horse to start. I mean, she told yeah. me Pieta's kind of wide right yeah. now. Yeah, Pieta's yeah. a little on the wide side. Yeah. yeah. So, But when she rode Kaz this last year, she rode in bareback. And so it you was did a ride easy. Kaz? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good enough. I just know it's going to work out. She's just, you know, there's so much, there's so many miles left in her to ride. And you know yeah. what, Shirley? If you go and you do the 15 and you turtle it, who cares? Right. You know, you're and, there, you're camping, yeah. you're doing something together. You'll see her give that horse a job. Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she was telling me that when we, when we were visiting yeah. in the living room. She said, that horse needs a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll work out. It'll definitely work out. Well, maybe out. we'll put Tracy to work getting Stevie in condition if Pieta no, can't lose yeah. the weight. <laughs> well. We can do both. Who's Stevie? Yeah. Stevie's this little, it, it's Monty's little little mm. mini-me. It's a oh. little possum mare that's a oh. gray. Yeah. See? Two grays going down the trail. There you go. Love That'll it. be a good thing. And they do get along. Oh, I, I, this is going to work out. So Good. Now, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Are you doing any endurance rides this year? I am. She's oh, good. I know, I know she's managing, but it's one thing to manage. It's mm -hmm. another thing. Oh, good. So what we did was we did... Brawbuster, we did Colorama, and we did Iron Oak. So she had 80 miles last year. Oh. So she's, and she's 14 this year. So she kind yeah. of was like a pasture puff just coming out going. But um, so the plan is this year to, I'll get my 1,000 miles this year finally. It's been forever. That's my goal. My first goal is to get another 125 miles to get yeah. to my official AARC, sure. yeah. 1,000 miles. Get her in shape and get her through, you know, several rides this yeah. year. And um, I'm just going to... My, my huge goal is just to stick with that interval training. And you, you know this because you're an athlete, is that if you expend too much energy in the first leg of something, the lactic acid builds up. Yep. And then you've got to deal with that and you get extreme fatigue. Yeah. And so what this method does is you get all the good endorphins from the exercise, but before mm -hmm. you reach that threshold where the lactic acid builds up, you just walk. Yeah. And, and so what I found out was at the halfway point, I have a fresh horse. Yeah. And when I finished, I still had a fresh horse. Yeah. Now, heat might change that because she didn't have to face any heat last yeah. year. And she's a part trainer. So she's like a 15-1 hand, but she's built like a quarter horse. Mm -hmm. You know, she's yeah. thick. So heat might change that for us. But yeah. what I found was I was finishing yeah, but with that a helps lot of horse. You, that really helps you go into checks, too. You know, yeah. yeah. She she just never looked like she did anything, and she's not yeah. really this kind of horse. She's yeah. you know to to do something like this, and so that that's yeah. where we're at. That's what we're trying. You know, when you said that on your friend's horse, the um, if you've got like a horse that's really hot, mm -hmm. doing that is because you bring them up and you let them come down, because otherwise they kind of go, well, are we going to be doing this or? They get mm -hmm. to where it's like, I've got to go, 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 because mm -hmm. I'm getting back. You know, and you just get them used to coming up and down, that their anxiety goes up and down, and eventually their anxiety stays, you know, or mm -hmm. I shouldn't say, it, their emotion um, stays, it flatlines, mm -hmm. and it doesn't get the extreme highs, you know. Mm -hmm. Because even if you, when you're first training on the emotional horse, you bring them up and you bring them down, even though they come down, they're still... Reactive. But you, yeah, but you do it over and over again. Eventually, they kind of go, "Hey, I kind of like being down here," mm -hmm. you know. So it, it, you've got like a, a lot of really good stuff with that. Mm -hmm. 
That makes sense. So they're smiling, but this yeah. is all we're saying this yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no. it's coming back to your therapy. Yeah. So give us a real quick, give us a quick plan of all things going well, God willing, Kaz and Shirley. <laughs> Getting started. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's not too painful. Yeah. And then you'll have to leg up her horse or. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Probably do a lot of walking with the Kawasaki mule. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said on, um, you know, riding one horse and ponying another and switching on and off and, and walking, mm-hmm. you know. Is there any mistake or any improvement area as a trainer that you could see that other people should maybe consider for endurance, or especially if they're new to endurance and they think, hmm, I wish I would have I I known I would have trained my horse this before I went. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, there's three aspects of training a horse, the physical, the mental, and the emotional. Mm. All three need to be considered. Um, the physical is obviously, you know, can you physically do the job? Mental is do you understand it? But mm-hmm. the emotion is can you handle um, whether it's a different gait transition, whether it's surroundings, it could be, um, different water horses, crossing. water crossings, yeah, but even her, you know, a pack of horses. How does the horse handle it? And so my biggest tip for somebody um, really conditioning is, besides hitting all of those things, is take an honest look and don't ride thinking everybody's going to take care of you. You you need to ride just you and your horse for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that being said, and as I was talking about the emotional end. Don't be in a hurry because it's like conditioning, and um, and you're conditioning your horse's brain to, as, oh, as well as their to lungs. be in a hurry. Yeah, then. yeah. Um, if you yeah, if you just get out there and go, I'm going to endurance ride, and you know, you, you see the pictures on endurance news. I can't think of too often where they're just standing still. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always moving. Usually, it's going up a cro- you know, a, a rock or a hill or you know, cantering or whatever the deal is, a big extended trot, they're not usually, you know, laying down and, you know, sitting in the grass with their horse. But I guess so, that being said, take that time to get your horse in condition, but remember that when you bring them up, you want to really spend twice as much time with them down. Mm -hmm. And that same thing goes when you're riding in a group of riders. I've always said, you know, if my horse... If, I, if I'm training a horse and I feel like that horse feels the need to be in that group, I need to go find another place to ride, another group to ride with. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm basically kind of saying, oh, you're a little too comfortable here. Let's mm-hmm. go here before it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at the same time, if you're working on that emotion, you're going to get your horse into really good shape too. Mm-hmm. And you're going to keep your horse sound. You're going to stay sound. And you're going to have that horse's attitude want to do the job the next day. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about it at the very beginning mm-hmm. um, of our little discussion. So there you go. You've got desire and you've got emotion. And there will be in your pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you, Tracy. Oh, and those are really great points that we didn't plan on covering. No. But, but they were good, and I'm glad that we did. Um, yeah. Thanks for talking with us today, Tracy. Oh, you're welcome. Really nice to chat with you. Always like to spend time with you.
Hey, it's Chris again. And Jim. And we're on the other side of the interview. And how did you think that went? Awesome. I always love hearing the backstories about how people found horses or how horses found them. Very interesting uh, conversation ahead with the two of them. I really like the part about Shirley saying she rode her grandfather's draft horses and got to drive them and put the hay up. And I hope you're all enjoying the uh, sound effects added to some of these interviews. I'm not going to do it to the regular episodes where people send in, but I am experimenting a little bit like NPR. That was one of the goals for this year. If anybody listens to NPR and hears those stories. Uh, and speaking of sending in, keep sending those files in. Yeah, we love to hear from you. We love to hear some updates. We know that some rides are canceled, but you can talk about rides that you did previous to that. Or just what you're doing with your horses to keep them fit. Yeah, we still want to hear your updates. Send in and let us know how everything's going. Um, so it, also in our interview, we talked about uh, John Lyons. And so I remember the first time you and I had seen John Lyons and then got to meet him up at the Midwest Horse Fair. Oh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, we went there on, uh, on a Friday, mm-hmm. got there, and he was doing one of his trainings in the smaller barn, and we were able to get right up on the fence. That was pretty awesome. I'm pretty thankful that I came across John Lyons. He really has a great deal of resources out there. I know he's not actively campaigning anymore, that his son has taken that business over, but if you ever can get your hands on, I think the the biggest resource for me was the um, trailer training. That just revolutionized my relationship with horses, was learning his trailer training loading method. It has worked like a charm. Um, his head down cued, you give to the bit, was amazing. He was always fun to, to watch and listen to. I kind of liked his uh, his halter training where he would like walk and the horse would like just stay right there with him and then he like would lean forward and the horse would lean forward, he'd lean back and the horse would lean back. I mean that was just, ah, I couldn't get over it. And I remember when he drove Zip in and I think he might have been partially blind by then, but he drove him in a buggy bridleless into the arena. I mean the man is good with horses. Oh, absolutely. So I hope that uh, I definitely don't want to turn this into a how-to podcast or anything like that. I really like the relationship and the stories, so keep those coming in. But occasionally I might do an interview, and it just so happened that this person was a trainer, and we just chatted a little bit about training, and so I hope that the listeners are okay with that and like it. And I will definitely include a link to both the boarding facility that Shirley and Tracy run together. It's called The Farm. So if anybody is around the Milton Janesville area and wants a great place to board with huge pastures, The Farm is the place to go. And also include a link to Tracy's website. And she has some training resources on there. And she's also a clinician. So I know the Midwest Horse Fair was canceled this year, but if you have, if you live in an area where you'd like to have a clinician, she's a great person to have be a clinician at a horse fair or a horse event or anything like that or a barn. Well, I hope you all enjoy this, uh, this podcast. And we're thinking of all of you out there missing your rides and missing your events. And uh, our first run of the year was canceled. We were supposed to do the Trailbreaker 5K on April 4th and that was canceled and just remember people when when your events are canceled 
You're trying to prevent somebody's grandma from getting sick. You're trying to prevent somebody's child from getting sick. So we can, we're tough people. We can tough it out and ride this thing out and be responsible. Ride far. Ride well. Ride often. Bye now. Bye. When I'm worried and I can't sleep I count my blessings instead of sheep And I fall asleep counting my blessings